Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. And today I'm extremely, extremely happy to have Pratip Basu with me. And he is the co-founder and CEO of Satsure. Now Satsure is a very innovative company that is leveraging satellites and the power of their data to solve complex problems for us here on Earth. And one of their biggest missions is to solve the plight of the Indian farmer. And I was very surprised in my reading to find out that 50% of India works directly in farming. So the importance of advancement, especially with the population growth that we are facing in India is, excuse the pun, astronomical. So I'm very, very happy to have you on, Pradeep. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. How are you? Hi, Arman. It's my pleasure. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And, um, you know, the way I start all of these podcasts is by asking the guest, could you tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, what you've done in the past, and what eventually led you to starting Satsure? Yeah, sure, uh, Arman. So I come from a pure space background. Uh, from the age of 18, uh, I was uh, entrenched in this ecosystem. I did my aerospace engineering, uh, like BTEC, in Indian Institute of Space Science and Technology, which is uh, a university that was established directly under the umbrella of Department of Space, the Indian Space Agency. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, post-completion of my undergrad, I ended up... Uh, working as a propulsion uh, engineer with the Indian Space Agency. And again, uh, uh, 11 launches later, I uh, quit my job and uh, <clears throat> went to France for pursuing my master's, uh, which is from the International Space University, another uh, unique niche uh, place, which is funded by uh, six different space agencies across the globe. And, uh, you know, again, did a career switch, worked, as a space industry consultant. Now, uh, in the last 10 years, uh, before starting Satsure, uh, my my background, uh, like professional background, has been a mix of both on technology as well as business front in the space industry. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's where I come from. Cool. And I, I just want to know, I'm very interested um, in finding out what you know what piqued your interest because it seems like you've always known i want to do something in space what caused that interest from you from such an early age to know exactly where you want to work well um honestly uh, while my entire background uh, uh, from the beginning of a career is uh, in the space industry i actually didn't uh, imagine it would be that way i was always interested uh, in space science i used to watch a lot of science sci-fi movies and uh, you know was was really um, uh, really really interested to un- understand what's the uh, what's the limit of exploration uh, for mankind and space seemed like you know that limit like where where do you go it's, it's infinite right so mm-hmm. uh, having having always grown up uh, uh, watching watching a cocktail of uh, uh, Hollywood sci-fi movies and reading uh, interesting uh, books around that. Uh, it was an opportunity uh, that presented uh, post, uh, uh, you know, completing my senior secondary, uh, higher secondary actually, of uh, for for going and studying uh, in this university. Um, that's that's more like it. You know, it's it's a, it's a bit of a, 
uh, it's a bit of a stretch coming for uh, coming from a malt i grew up in a place called ranchi in uh, india it's in jharkhand it's a tribal state and okay uh, yeah it was it was quite uh, fascinating for my parents to have a have the kid uh, go and study space <laughs> i'm sure and you know it's it is very interesting because people and a space the industry is is starting to really erupt you know your big players like Elon Musk Jeff Bezos Richard Branson they're all exploring you know how we could potentially travel to space so i i want to know you, you know you were an industry space consultant like you said so then what made you take the leap like well i'm actually going to do this to solve a huge problem for farmers in india what led to that leap of faith to start satsure <laughs> uh there were multiple uh, pushes actually so one was uh, transitioning from telling people what to do as a consultant to actually doing it as an entrepreneur <laughs> <laughs> then uh, the other was uh, the immense amount of uh, explosion of data from space that happened uh, in the past decade uh, there was absolutely just too much data around uh, but people weren't focusing a lot on applications and we know uh, as as an indian and especially uh, myself um having having been you know technically been born and brought up within the umbrella of the indian space agency uh, that the societal impact of space is immense right and uh, with with some of the hurdles uh, of early years being crossed with uh, uh, these cubesat cubesat standard uh, and the more frequent launches uh, it is but obvious that uh, a few of us who are privileged enough to get get that uh, education Uh, and and build those skills uh, should uh, you know explore what are the different applications that we can create out of space and make uh, lives better on earth before we you know uh, go and uh, colonize some planet <laughs> i agree with that and you know even uh, jack ma of alibaba has a very similar sentiment you know he he had a debate with elon musk where he talked about that like why aren't we solving the problems here on earth through using space and um you know I, that leads me directly into the question of okay we have satellites they're producing all of this data now how did you come to the conclusion that okay we need to solve we need to use this technology and data to solve the problems for farmers in india could you expand a little bit on that right it's it's interesting you know it actually started with an uber drive to be honest um i i was living in bangalore uh, during those times 2015 and uh, uh, uber and ola services were were really picking up uh, i i like speaking to the guys who are driving uh, you know these, these cabs and uh, most of the times uh, they will say hey we left our uh, you know farms uh, in the nearby village and uh, we are driving uber because it's uh, paying us so much more it's, it's so much more secure for us we only make uh, maybe 200000 indian rupees uh, a year uh, by by growing sugarcane and spending so much more effort so mm-hmm. i don't come from an agriculture background i never had that but uh, uh, just through these uh, common interactions uh, it piqued my interest uh, i started uh, researching about it uh, talking to friends who are in the industry uh, also talking uh, you know essentially ended ended up doing a lot of primary interviews uh, out of curiosity even before we started uh, satsure like uh, what are the uh, problems for the farmers why is it unprofitable why are there so many suicides happening is it anywhere linked to 
you know a battle from the government government is it related to poor policy making is it related to poor marketplace or asymmetric marketplace the the i mean shocking answer for me not for the people from who are working in the agriculture domain was that all of these were were true not one of these all of these were true so uh, it seemed like uh, a big enough problem that we should solve which has a direct impact on the on the country which has a direct impact on human life and uh, yeah that's how uh, the the entire focus on uh, agriculture for satyashtar began wow and a major thing that i want to point out from what you just said was that you did primary research to ensure and validate your problem was a real need for the country and i think you know a lot of people from interactions that i have we go ahead and start businesses without you know actually validating that so i think that that's a huge thing and i i think that more people should adopt that and could you expand into a little bit now once you found that problem there is a need for this what are the exact plights of the farmer what is causing those suicides in particular and how can how is then your technology and your structuring of that data um in turn helping them and producing better yields for them getting them funding and etc right see um let me put it like uh, this way that uh, whatever solutions today we provide and the way we have designed it is meant to address the risk uh that the farmer faces at the farm and beyond the farm so mm-hmm. uh, at the farm the risk is primarily driven through uh, weather you know if you are having a very dry season late rainfall or no rainfall or too much of rainfall <laughs> you know these kind of scenarios uh, they they create crop losses and uh, when there is a crop loss and the farmer has taken uh, a very expensive loan from a local money lender they you know they have to again um, uh, go into the next season raising more capital ha- and having no more capital uh, or income from the previous season and this uh, and it does not really guarantee that the yield will be high enough uh, for them to repay back the loan that they have taken not from this current one but also from the previous one and the interest rates are uh, quite quite high if you are uh, not able to access institutional financing from from mm. uh, banks so uh, there there's sufficient there was a sufficient need for uh, uh, data that can solve this uh, asymmetry uh, of risk perception for everyone in the valley starting from the farmer who has to take decisions at the farm for himself and his family to the people who are servicing the farmer it can be uh, you know the local uh, government tehsildar it can be the the bank that he goes to uh, the, the the loan officer or the insurance that he takes uh, the the market where he sells his produce to everyone needs uh, to be better informed and also everyone needs to be equally informed these are two very uh, different paradigms so there is a data asymmetry as well as data gap to take decisions for everyone in this domain and uh, uh, that is where uh, uh, we saw that uh, that the need for data is primarily to drive decisions right and uh, this mm-hmm. decision making ability is is driven by multiple sets of data so at satyashtar while our core competency is uh, on on satellite image analytics we started building the solution in a manner where it starts uh, building in price forecast it it starts uh, having weather forecasts uh, along with uh, you know as part of the bundle service so that considering all the different uh, parameters like health of the crop 
uh, or or relative yield of the crop the market prices in the in the local uh, you know nearby marketplaces uh, the farmers can take an appropriate decision of uh, where to sell whom to sell and when to sell got it got it and could you also just expand a little bit about um you know with global warming coming in or climate change as we're calling it now how much of a direct impact is it having on these farmers because we're having more natural disasters we're having unpredictable weather how are you able to use the technology to solve those problems and how much more of a challenge has it become for farmers to you know predict like you're saying what their yields are going to be coming forward yeah that's a that's a uh, great question actually this entire domain of more and more data into farming uh, comes because the unpredictability caused due to uh, global warming so you have uh, this entire cycles of mon- monsoon being shifted by a couple of weeks uh, mm-hmm. you have uh, unpredictable rains during the times of harvest and these uh, these kind of natural events cause immense amount of loss for everyone from the farmer to the person who has led to the farmer or insured the farmer or has has already done a contract to buy his produce uh, at the end of the uh, harvest season so uh, the the kind of data sets that we have been building is uh, essentially uh, helps bring in more predictability uh, in these times of global warming that's how i would put it so that's where the entire part of risk management comes in that uh, data that we are uh, providing is helping assess uh, and manage the risk better at from the farm for the farmer till the entire country for the policy makers great and and can you expand at a very high level in a very simple way how that data from the satellites what data is the satellites presenting to us and how are we leveraging that at a very high level to give these farmers what they need right see uh, satellite cameras are uh, not like our smartphone cameras and or or you know our usual eye uh, the interesting mm-hmm. part of satellite cameras is that uh, they can detect uh, the the reflectance from objects on earth uh, in the parts of uh, electromagnetic spectrum beyond the visible part in which we see so visible part is uh, you know the the colors the red blue green these kind of mm-hmm. colors whereas uh, you have a, a very large spectrum of infrared band in which the satellites can actually uh, see the reflectance of each and every object in very very narrow bands which have specific responses you know for example a land response to a near infrared is different from a water response to a near infrared similarly the crops uh, that are being grown here they have their own unique uh, response characteristics now having said that when you are able to image a certain place uh, again and again at a very high frequency so you essentially start seeing how this how these features are changing on the land whether it's a whether it's a crop or it's a water body you are doing change detection there right and mm-hmm. by by building algorithms that can detect these changes we are able to model the entire crop growth cycle essentially creating a digital twin of the farmland from an acre to an entire country level scale because the scale of satellites is unlimited it's in space it can you know essentially image any and every part of the globe 
Got it. Got it. And can you also go into, you know, some of the other possibilities? You know, I know you guys work with BFSI to provide support to farmers, but what are potentially some of the huge other problems that we can solve here on Earth through using satellite data? And it's specifically for India, you know, farmers is one, global warming is another. How, and what specifically can we do within global warming or food sustainability through using satellites? Right. See, uh, data from space, uh, because of its ubiquity, because of its uh, transparency that it provides, people cannot fudge that data uh, if you are able to analyze it properly. It, mm -hmm. it helps make markets efficient. And that can be any and every market. It can be your sh you know, uh, shipping uh, uh, trade, shipping lines on the sea. It can be uh, your your uh, trading uh, of agriculture commodities. It can be also uh, things like man uh, looking, monitoring infrastructure development across the world, and and uh, essentially uh, you know being able to uh, drive drive projects related to sustainability better. So. Uh, its its impact can go in anything and everything from conservation of forests to uh, having you know uh, implementing sustainable development uh, programs better to uh, also you know managing our food and water security uh, programs in a much much uh, uh, transparent and data driven manner so these are just some of the examples actually okay and do you do you guys plan to move into some of these different areas or for now is it the focus is entirely on the farmer uh, we do work uh, somewhat in the sustainability domain where uh, natural mm -hmm. resource conservation and uh, you know greenhouse gas uh, 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 related projects where you are looking at what is the carbon sequestration from the forest and how the deforestation is happening, what are the patterns around it, and how to design and develop capacity building programs for tribals who are, let's say, uh, you know, uh, kind of removing more and more forests to create agriculture land. These kind of uh, programs we have already started working from last year, uh, and. Uh, we do see ourselves uh, being more involved in the uh, larger domain of uh, sustainability beyond the food paradigm. Okay. And, all, and one, one thing I was really interested in when I was doing research was the possibility of expanding into actually being someone who is part of the hardware business. Is, that, is there any possibility of that moving forward? Are you asking me whether we are planning to build satellites? Yes, uh, that's exactly what I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, while uh, building a satellite, at least the, from a competency perspective, we have that in our current satellite team. Uh, the reason that we don't do it is because, um, you know, there are m multiple problems that different people are today trying to solve. Uh, we are one of the guys at Satshare who are trying to solve the downstream applications, the, the end application uh, problems. Uh, however, there are a lot of companies who are today uh, doing great job at building uh, satellites uh, at a low cost in agile manner uh, with, with a very robust uh, uh, you know, hardware system. So while today we may not be, need, uh, be uh, doing it because of efficiency purposes, tomorrow, even if we don't build it, we may want to own these kind of uh, assets 
the reason being that uh, it our our natural resource of the business is data from space so mm-hmm. owning that uh, definitely makes a lot of sense yeah <laughs> that would be very very cool i hope to you know see that sometime in the near future um and one last question about the business of mm-hmm. building satsure mm-hmm. now when you were getting this data and you when you were conceiving of this idea and actually starting to execute you know with such a huge problem with so many great applications like you were talking about what were the the major challenges that you faced in getting satsure off the ground was it funding was it finding the right talent was it being able to properly comprehend this data could you go into a little bit about that absolutely there were multiple challenges uh, there is never one challenge when you are building a scaling a startup um, one of the major ones i would say was uh, uh, the customer education so the markets where we are working india uh, to begin with um, people hadn't thought of using uh, such data especially in in financial product design and uh, you know financial services overall for example banking insurance uh it was completely improbable uh, for them to even think that there is a utility of uh, satellites for them in their uh, day to day life and mm-hmm. uh, building that uh, building that capacity uh, understanding uh, their problems uh, takes a lot of time and effort and i think uh, uh, you know validating that whatever we are uh, telling them is actually workable uh it's a it's a time taking process and that was one of the challenges that we did face because when you say that it's a uh, you know we are using satellite as the primary input uh because of lack of uh, know how which comes from you know industry experience uh or, or lack of it actually <laughs> <laughs> so, so there there are hundreds of possibilities that people want to uh, explore and uh, it becomes uh, very critical to drive the projects in a manner that they succeed uh, within the capabilities of what satellites can do right so that is one mm-hmm. challenge the second challenge was uh, obviously uh, fundraising because uh, you don't exactly fit into uh, uh, you know a specific domain of uh, agri tech company or a space tech company so uh, for us satsure we are just a tech company <laughs> which which knows mm-hmm. how to uh, combine uh, satellite information with other data sets and then uh, create uh, you know softwares decisioning softwares out of it so it was pretty new for uh, investors to also hear and uh, yeah beyond these uh, there were there are always other challenges uh, but these were the two main ones for us uh, when we began did you guys um i'm interested did you guys face anything with the government uh how was it like working with the government to cuz i'm assuming all of this requires close government uh interaction it does and uh, interestingly our first customer was uh, government <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we have uh, worked extensively with uh, different governments state governments as well as uh, uh, central government uh we were part of this uh, big uh, one year project with the central government the ministry of agriculture for helping optimize crop cutting experiments it's this these uh, field surveys are the basis for yield excavation which is uh, then you know used 
uh, for insurance payouts, uh, crop insurance payouts. So okay. uh, our experience of working was uh, was not uniform. Uh, there are certain governments uh, which are very easy to work with. There are certain which are not. Uh, we started working with the government of Andhra Pradesh and, uh, you know, we found uh, them and their entire bureaucracy to be very tech-savvy, uh, whereas when you're working uh, in a slightly more underdeveloped uh, place like Chhattisgarh, Jharkhand, uh, there are always uh, difficulties in uh, you know, even explaining the utility of, of what your solution can do for them. Um, but uh, overall, uh, uh, there has been a lot of government support which has helped Satsure, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, I and you know, Startup India program, which uh, um, you might be aware of, uh, has been a mm-hmm. big support to uh, you know creating platforms for entrepreneurs like us to to go and meet the right stakeholders within the government because <laughs> finding the right stakeholder is the biggest challenge in the government. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so um, that that's that's very interesting to know, and I think a lot of people who are looking to you know, make, you know, big impacts in India, they're going to eventually have to deal with the government. So figuring out that, you know, you're going to have challenges, but, you know, you, you can overcome it through proper education, I think, you know, is a cool takeaway for people to get from what you just said. Um, and now I kind of want to go into some of the, you know, cool stuff that's happening in the world. You know, I mentioned earlier, big players in the market are now, you know, they're now exploring space, whether it be Elon Musk trying to get us to Mars and do using reusable rockets, whether it be Jeff Bezos, you know, with Blue Origin or Richard Branson coming up with a new type of rocket that resembles more of a plane for space tourism. Can you talk about some of these projects? I'm sure you've been following it. And does it excite you? What are you looking forward to? And what can you know, us as the people who are standby, just watching in amazement, expect, you know, in the next 10 years, can we reach Mars? Can we, uh, you know, inhabit another planet? Could you enlighten us a little bit? (laughs) Yes, it's absolutely exciting times. uh, And, uh, uh, you know, people uh, like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson, they are rock star and entrepreneurs. So uh, they bring their personality cult uh, along with them uh, to the industry. Uh, what what excites me the most uh, today is uh, that we are not limited by uh, hardware technology uh, to go and explore space. You know what we are mm. limited by is uh, the the human biology. So, uh, for example, uh, Elon Musk's uh, program for uh, colonizing Mars. Uh, if you have heard about uh, it, he's his uh, major uh, uh, you know roadblock is uh, how do you uh, make sure that uh, a person can survive uh, uh, deep like deep space travel because astronauts uh, who are currently uh, you know doing these kind of uh, exercises are in the low earth orbit stationed at the international space station today which is at 400 kilometers orbit and we are speaking of going to mars uh, which is you know millions of kilometers away so uh, the the Understanding of how our human biology will respond to that is is a bit limited, but there is no limitation to what technology can do today. I mean, if you just look at the Voyager uh, missions from the 1970s, I mean, come on, it's still going on and it's out of the solar system. 
and we are receiving signals from it you know it's it's so exciting mm-hmm. um the the entire uh, uh, aspect of having such uh, rockstar entrepreneurs come in uh, to the space industry is uh, they are adding a new dimension to it they are uh, making it sound even more cool especially the space tourism part but uh, you will also see that things don't move that fast you know uh, virgin galactic Uh, started uh, in 2000s early 2000s and till date it has not been able to take a single space tourist and uh, uh, jeff bezos has had uh, decent success uh, relatively uh, but it's been mostly elon musk who has uh, really outscored everyone like he is the he's the guy today in space <laughs> industry and as long as you have him i believe you can do anything <laughs> no one thought even 10 years back that you can have a rocket uh you know land back safely and be reused uh in the manner he has uh, proven um mm-hmm. the next big advancements that you mentioned about uh i believe uh, it is it has to be tied in around uh, uh making life or living in space uh possible for long duration and uh, that is the that is one of the most critical things for us as a as a race to uh, go beyond uh, the realm of earth you know and it is important it is important for us to focus on that uh, because uh, uh, if if we are able to manage uh, let's say uh, for a shorter duration maybe uh, set up a colony in moon which has been the dream of so many uh, generations now because we went to the moon in 1969 <laughs> and yeah. uh, today here we are in 2020 and uh, <laughs> no one has been to the moon after 1975 so that why is that why is that <laughs> yeah that's that's an interesting uh, question see space investment is is a lot of money and mm. it is driven through governments you know public sector so for uh, that level of investment which was happening during the apollo program time uh, the political will required to do is is limited you know at at least that time russia and us had each other for enemies so right <laughs> the, the cold war yeah the cold war era era's uh, uh, outcome was the space race at that mm. time today you don't have uh, that kind of political environment to justify huge amounts of investments uh, into uh, futuristic technology which is one of the primary reasons why uh, the manned moon missions were called off because the budgets were being cut and uh, we you know human kind uh, got limited to 400 kilometers uh, above the surface of earth for the next 40 years <laughs> <laughs> Wow um I just want to ask you one last question on this point is do we make it does Elon make it to Mars in the in this decade or is it going to be longer than that I think Elon will make it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome I'm looking forward to that that would be very crazy and I just want to move on um you know to the closing bits and Pratip could you just expand upon what is your dream what is your big mission you know at the end of your career at the end of all of it what do you want to leave on the planet and what do you want to achieve see for uh, i'm a i'm a fairly simple guy in that sense i don't have very lofty ambitions i keep my ambitions very high ended 
like uh, making the world a better place to live in than where i was born when i'm living mm. so it should be a better place and uh, when i when i speak from the perspective of uh, my company satsha uh, i think uh, the the primary goal of agriculture uh, and the way uh, agriculture financing is done and uh, at least uh, we should you know have touched base with 10 million farmers in 10 different countries uh, in the next 10 years where we have improved their livelihood uh, by uh, you know by by implementing our solutions uh, across the entire agriculture uh, community uh, and stakeholders there so that's that's uh, where i see satsha that's where i see myself uh, being and being uh, engrossed for the next 10 years and uh, you know that that uh, that would make me happy if the if there is a real positive impact that we can measure which we have today uh, in the last 3 years we have uh, done a lot of good uh, and yeah that's that's where i want to continue that's a very cool mission and i just want to close up the final thing is do you want to give a shout out to anything do you want to call to any do any call to action for any of the audience to look up anything about satellites look up your company look up what ha- what's happening with farmers um you know as a follow up to their learning from this uh yeah i think uh, in general uh, the audience would benefit from uh, researching a bit about uh, the the different kind of uh, companies uh, in the entire space industry value chain so it starts from the you know cool cool people like elon musk who are <laughs> really transforming space trans, uh, transportation uh, i mean uh, that guy really has the force uh, of the jedis you know <laughs> so, yeah really uh, while there are uh, smaller younger uh, more niche companies like us who essentially make use of the asset creation that's happening uh, in our uh, orbits uh, and and creating applications for uh, the human kind uh, the, the possibilities are endless you know uh, and uh, there are so many there are so many so many smart minds across the globe uh, everyone sees some kind of problem which is very uh, unique to them in their part of the world and uh, what we are doing at satsure the kind of problem we are trying to address Uh, that is very unique to where we are in india in, in a developing third world country today uh, and uh, perhaps these uh, people when they look up uh, about what space can do uh, they would be able to find certain solutions that are very local to them and that would only uh, enhance the community uh, further great So I want to end there and everybody if you want to see more Pratip Basu has a great TEDx talk which I will link in the comment section below I definitely recommend you go check it out and Pratip I want to say thank you so much for joining me on this podcast I learned a lot and I think the audience will definitely take away a lot from this so thanks so much for your time Thanks Arman for uh, giving me the opportunity to speak on your podcast it's been a pleasure and uh, yeah uh, you know next time again definitely definitely have a great day pradeep